Hey everybody, this is Rissa, and I just wanted to jump in here before we start the episode with a little content warning. This one gets a little gruesome, so if you're squeamish, you might want to skip this one. We also talk a little bit about suicide and murder um, and just general gross stuff. So, uh, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy. everybody welcome to creepy club i'm rissa i'm heidi and this is the podcast where we talk about ghosts and true crime and and cryptids and all things creepy and weird and unusual Mm -hmm. and uh uh, rissa missed it but (laughs) i was demonstrating my rap skills i know i was like why did i stop recording no (sighs) i know like four songs Mm mm-hmm and one of them is Paul Revere by the Beastie Boys. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. So maybe next time. We'll catch it on the sound check. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I'll have to refresh because it's been it's been a while. And without music, it's going to be harder to recall, especially with my shitty ass memory. I can do Ice Ice Baby pretty well. That makes me want to cry a little bit. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't get anything for up top. We don't have any corrections, conclusions, clarifications, or new new reviews. That's not entirely true. Oh, so sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. I happen to be listening to a podcast this week, and it was a two parter about sleep. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about sleep paralysis, and I was mistaken in saying that I was right about when you sleep, your brain floods your body with chemicals to paralyze it so you don't act out your dreams. That's yeah. what the that's where the paralysis comes from. Um, but what I was wrong about is that you were like in some sort of semi-awake state. Mm-hmm. But that's actually incorrect. You are awake. Yeah. Maybe not awake like you are after a cup of coffee, but you are awake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the paralysis can last up to, I think it was like a full minute or two minutes. It was longer than I expected it to be. Yeah. But the doctor, the neurologist who specializes in sleep was saying that that transitional period is much less like a switch than it is like a lever. So what happens is that your brain wakes up before it remembers to stop spitting out those chemicals. And there's this just this brief period of overlap Mm -hmm. where you're actually conscious, but your body's still pumped full of chemicals. Well, like it would be in a dream state. Do they know why you're hallucinating? They don't even know why we sleep. Yeah, that's true. So the answer to that is. (laughs) Probably no. Yeah. But I think sleep is the most fascinating thing ever. I mean, I'm super sleep disordered, so there's that. So it's interesting just to understand my wacky medical conditions. Right. Um, 
And, you know, I, in a past life, I was absolutely like some kind of doctor or nurse or something. <laughs> um, I do love all my medical stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just think that sleep is so interesting. People do the weirdest stuff when they sleep. Yeah. They do all kinds of really kooky stuff. Yep. And I do not know, and I do want to find out what it's called when you do the thing that I do where my eyes are open and I'm talking and having a conversation, but I'm not actually awake. Yeah. And there's people that eat. Right. And like smoke cigarettes Mm -hmm. and do, I met a girl who, so when I was in college round one, I was on a break with this girl during class and she was telling me how she had to have other people hide her cigarettes when she went to bed because if she hit them, her subconscious still knew where they were. Oh my God. And she would get up and she would eat and she would smoke. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes a lot, like a half a pack of cigarettes and like binge eat. So she couldn't be the one that hid them. She'd have to have someone else hide them. That would be so scary. Yeah. I would be, I mean, now they have that stuff. Now you don't hear nearly as often about people having house fires from cigarettes because they change something so that they don't stay lit as long. Yeah. Like, it's not... Um, well, that's nice of the tobacco industry. Yeah, Thank I mean... you, guys. They're really good people there over there. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Sorry about the addictive substance, but... But you won't die in a house fire. At but least your house that. fire, it's less likely than it used to be. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I just think the stuff that we do in our sleep is totally bizarre. Oh, I just had a really dark thought about that. Like, uh, they they did that so that their smokers would live longer so that they could buy more cigarettes and... and be addicted still oh there's probably some sort of mr burns character in the background like rubbing his hands together (laughs) counting his stacks of money yeah yeah continue but maybe i'll do an episode about all the weird stuff people do in their sleep because some of it is really creepy have you ever seen sleepwalk with me no you should watch that it's a great movie it's by the comedian mike berbiglia Oh, oh, I read the story for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think I've seen him do the he's stand-up done, routine. Yeah, he's done it he's in stand-up. Got, I think he's told, told it on, like, one of those storytelling podcasts, too. His sleep disorder is no right. joke. My brother edited one of, the, one of the scenes in that movie. Fascinating. Yeah, you should watch it. It's a great movie. Yeah, he... Didn't he go out a window? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he has to put himself in essentially... Like a, a sleeping, sleeping bag, bag yeah. coffin, mm-hmm. like restrain himself so he can't. So, in his case, it would be his brain is not adequately supplying whatever the it is chemical the, that the chemical that the chemical that right that causes the paralysis. Yeah. So I guess you would think you could take a shot or something at bedtime. That I would give you enough. I could be wrong, but I think he does control it now with medic- medication. It seems like there's got to be something. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I think it's a super interesting topic. A friend of mine, her husband uh, works, he manages a sleep lab. Mm-hmm. So I bet he's got a couple crazy yeah, stories. Yeah, so cool. I'll check in with him. 
Well, um, that's what you're going to do in the future. What are you going to do today? Speaking of unusual jobs, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to remember how I stumbled my way to this topic. Who even knows? But I started thinking about crime scene cleaners, like who does that job? What's that job like? Yeah. Do they, is it a profitable job? Is this like a blue collar job? Is this a job that pays well? Mm-hmm. What kind of stuff do they use to clean? Yeah. Do they use like regular stuff? Do they have special stuff? So I went down this whole oh, rabbit no. hole of things. It was not quite as extensive. I didn't have the amount of time that I had for the limbs episode to follow it through quite that far. Right. But um, I was late on my arrival here not that that's unusual but this particular time (laughs) was because i'm like consistently 10 to 15 minutes late and i live next door (laughs) i don't even have an excuse that holds water other than i have no internal concept of time so i look at the clock and i think oh cool i've got a half an hour But what I need to do is, like, set an alarm or something, Mm -hmm. because then the next time I look at the clock, I'm 10 minutes late, and I'm like, fuck! Mm -hmm. Anyway, so, um, but I was watching a mini documentary on a crime scene cleaner. That's why I was late. (laughs) (laughs) So, I didn't go quite as far down. Mm -hmm. Um, The official name for that is not crime scene cleaner it's biohazard recovery interesting well it makes a lot of sense right they are they do have to um the amount of training that's required is fairly minimal oh well which i don't i feel a little disturbed for them yeah not so much for the public maybe yeah but i think if you aren't really well trained for that job, you could be exposing yourself to some pretty terrible stuff. I yeah. mean, mental trauma aside, right. right? Because most of the time, the people who are doing, they say crime scene cleaners, but it's typically, it's more often suicides than homicides. And they also do other kinds of recoveries from like, often those companies will also do hoarder houses. They do all kinds of biohazard waste cleanup. It's not, they aren't usually, those companies typically aren't usually exclusive to crime scene only. Mm -hmm. They can be, but the bigger ones, they tend to do all the gross things. Mm -hmm. There's just a whole bunch of stuff that was interesting. Like you think, okay, if somebody commits suicide in my house, which is awful, you think surely there's some system in place that is going to take care of this for me. Right. No, not necessarily. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you think how, how is it that that's possible? Yeah. That we don't as a civilized society have some sort of process for whoever's grieving Regardless of whether they have money or not. Yeah. That should be like a social service. Like, yeah, there should be a counselor, grief counselor, something. 
So a lot of times the folks who do, when I was watching, I watched a bunch of videos, they were saying that they often will see the families while they're there. Wow. And that part of their job is to help them, like, mitigate that sadness. And one woman talked about, she was like, sometimes I just go home and have a good cry after. Yeah, I bet. This is, these aren't things humans are supposed to see. Yeah. I mean, especially the suicide stuff is just terrible. Yeah. And homicide, oh, I mean, neither of those are going to be good. Right. You know, either way is going to be super traumatic. Um, But so if whether you, a homicide or a suicide has occurred in your home, depending on the circumstances, the state you live in, the municipality you're in, how it gets handled can vary and you may be stuck figuring out what to do yeah i knew this person a long time ago that their stepfather passed away in like in his bed Mm -hmm. and this person had to like deal with it they had to deal with all of it and i was so shocked when i heard that i mean i think you know funerary services or whatever came in and took the body Right. But then, like, he had been in his bed for a while. Mm-hmm. So there was stuff. Stuff yeah. to take care of. Biohazard. Wait, it's bio. That's where the crime scene, you know, they call them crime scene cleaners, but the bio recovery folks come in because you're not supposed to just go put that out next to the dumpster. Yeah. Right. So I knew someone and. Um, her mom had cervical cancer, and by the time that they found out, it was very advanced. Like, she found out because she couldn't walk anymore. Wow. She had been really sick for a long time and just didn't Never know it. Check, or, yeah. yeah, she wasn't having her well woman exams, so... Like, and it was the kind of cervical cancer caused by HPV, so that's, like, even more tragic. Because had she been having those well woman exams, they probably could have intervened in some way. But um, she was a fairly heavy set lady. And within a few months, she just, you know, the wasting happened. And so when her mom died at home, she did hospice. And when I got to her apartment after her mom had died, I thought she was already gone because she was so thin. Oh, my God. That I couldn't tell that she was there under the blankets. Um, and so I guess hospice helped them arrange to have a funeral home come and pick up mom. Mm-hmm. But that was it. So my friend and another friend, it because I guess when uh, you die usually soil yourself they didn't they immediately took the mattress out to the dumpster and i thought about that today and i was like that was probably not the right answer like but nobody said hey you should call yeah biohazard recovery or some sort of cleanup service i mean classes of like what happens when well i was a little surprised because she had been in hospice they hadn't shared the information with her. I mean, hospice does a lot right. of really amazing work. I am not trying to criticize what they do because what 
they have a lot on their plate. Yeah. Right? They're yeah. trying to help somebody over the Rainbow Bridge. That's a lot to do. Yeah. I'm just a little surprised that you don't also get, like, a brochure that says when the time comes or a checklist or something. Yeah. These are the people that you're going to need to call. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talked about... I didn't realize that the process of decomposition was as rapid as it is. So within a couple days, the body will bloat and fill with so much gas that it can actually rupture. Yeah. And um, the decomposition, like, essentially, you just kind of start dissolving, Mm -hmm. like melting. So somebody who is kind of a loner... And they don't find their body yeah. for three weeks. Their former self basically turns into like human goo that can leak through floors and yeah. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And so the people who do the job have everything from, you know, household chemicals to like a sawzall because they might have to yeah. cut out a piece of floor. Yeah. And they have to go as far as they have to go. Uh-huh. To remove the biohazard. Yeah. And then it goes into, like, the red biohazard bags and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Did I ever tell you the story about my neighbor who lifted some biohazard bags from work? I think so, but you can tell it again. Okay, so I was uh, getting ready to go somewhere, and I was living in the two-family over on Thalosan, and I walk out the front door, and I look around... And I'm like, I'm quarantined. What the fuck? Like me, two houses up, two houses down. And directly across from my house was the alley for the street that was perpendicular to mine. Uh Uh-huh. And there's two dudes in hazmat suits headed for the dumpster and a couple detectives like meandering up and down the sidewalk. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, don't, like, if you're quarantine somebody. Like, and knock they had, on my door, please? Right. Can you come <laughs> say something instead of waiting? For, like, I think I was going, you know, to an appointment or something. Like, I had somewhere I was supposed to be. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, if you're really that concerned, what that I might be radioactive or exposed to some kind of chemical. Like I could have gone out the back door. Yeah. So maybe you want to tell me to stay put Mm -hmm. if nothing else. Anyway. So I walk out the front door and I'm like, this is some shit out of a movie. What the hell? I was like, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Pardon me. Excuse me. Uh, (laughs) man in black. Yeah. What the hell's going on? Why is there yellow tape everywhere? And why do those guys have hazmat suits? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, someone called because there were some um, some of those red biohazard bags in the dumpster. Mm-hmm. And until we determine the contents of those, you're quarantined. And I was, I said, did you, did you knock on my door? <laughs> And he said, no, I mean, we figured people come out eventually. And I was like, I feel like you're really half-assing this. This yeah. is like 
when I had the peeping Tom with the footprints in the snow. Yeah. Like, you have a goddamn breadcrumb trail. Like, mm-hmm. this is not that hard. I feel like he was not trying very hard at his job that day. Yeah. And um, also not that concerned. Like, the guys going to the dumpster were maybe 100 feet away in hazmat suits, and he was, like, in a suit suit. Yeah. So, not too concerned. Anyway, it turns out to be very undramatic. Mm-hmm. Someone just lifted some bags from work and didn't know that they were biohazard bags. So here's what I, <laughs> my hunch, living in an immigrant neighborhood, mm-hmm. is that someone probably couldn't read the biohazard label. Oh. Or they didn't have the symbol on them. They were just red. Mm-hmm. And maybe wherever they're from... They don't know what that means, even though, you know, theoretically, that's universal. Yeah. Um, but if you're from, uh, you know, most of the immigrants in the neighborhood where I was living were refugees, so they weren't necessarily coming from the fanciest of places. Right. Not that people were coming from, like, totally primitive circumstances. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, so the end of the story is not so exciting. It was just somebody's garbage. Yeah. So side note, (laughs) if you work in a lab or somewhere where there's a roll of red bags and you're out of garbage bags, don't take them home. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Your neighbors are going to be real pissed when they're quarantined in their house and they're supposed to be somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Like, I at the school I work, they just recently put these little containers on the sinks in the bathrooms that are... Like biohazard containers, and I'm I'm guessing for are they sharps like, containers? Mm-hmm. And they have the little red biohazard bag in inside of it, and it's like, I'm guessing that's for people that are doing like insulin or whatever kind yep. of thing. But it still creeps me the fuck out to just seeing it just sitting on the counter. Like I don't know, that's all yeah. I have to say about that. <laughs> it seems like it should have a padlock or something. Yeah, it shouldn't be just. A, it looks like just a red Tupperware container just sitting on the like a red Kleenex thing. box. And it's open. It's got a little like um like square opening in the top yeah, of it. Yeah, it's like a mini mailbox. Yeah. Like when you would trade Valentine's at school. Yeah. Yeah, but you can I mean you can totally put your hand in there if you wanted to. Not your whole hand, but you could you know, pickle it jar. It's maybe claw. not great if children are ever going to be in that space. I mean, I would think most adults be. would know to keep their paws out of the potential biohazards, but right. Typically, those are very... mounted on a wall above yeah. child height, and, it, and it's like a it's like a mail slot, so you don't ha- you can't like reach in to it. That's really that's okay. A thank you. Troubling. Thank you for thinking it was unusual because I was like, am I just I, crazy? No, or is that this sounds creepy? like something made for someone's home, not for a commercial space. Yeah. Anyway, it's a pr- so crime scene cleaners, they have a pretty interesting job. Yeah. I don't think they make enough money. Mm-hmm. It's a, what I found was that in 2010, so granted, this is not like the most recent statistic. I should have looked at the Bureau, uh, Bureau of Labor statistics anyway. Still, in 2010, the average salary was 37600 Yeah. And f- for the amount of exposure that they have 
to bloodborne pathogens and right. other stuff. Yeah, it's, it's I feel sort like of maybe they should job. be paid more. Yeah, I mean, that's like kind of a like middle class salary, right? Yeah, that's very. I, yeah. I mean, and if you are a single income household with a couple kids, you're, that's, you're stretched pretty yeah, thin. Yeah, that's like, yeah. Yeah, for one individual, it's all right. 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 You're not going to be eating ramen every day. But if you are the breadwinner for a family of four, it's going to suck. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be hard. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I was a little surprised given that. There are other jobs that are very low risk and nowhere near that hard. Yeah. And pay way more. Like, uh, there are definitely, um, I think every job is hard in some way. Yeah. You know, there isn't. Totally. uh, there's, There's no job that's, like, super easy. There's always something that's hard about any job, but, um... Yeah, I mean, and there are also a lot of jobs in the United States that just don't get paid what they should, like, i.e. teachers and... Right. I mean, well, I was talking to this woman who, she was saying that your average, not a paramedic, but an EMT, Mm -hmm. it's like a $10, $12 an hour job. (laughs) I don't... That's crazy white castle pays that much per hour yeah and that is literal burger flipping although white Not castle to... people they might see a lot of shit oh <laughs> they probably are not getting paid enough yeah i'm just kidding but but if you're if you're looking at okay we are going to base your salary on level of difficulty and risk and service to the community. And, like, emotional trauma. Like, those first responders. Well, I don't know. Fast food's some... a lot of emotional trauma. That's but... true. But, but like, first responders. I, yeah, I, can't, I feel like it's... they should. It's like teachers. It should just be a given that you're paid well. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who does that kind of civil service, which I think teachers are civil servants. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's see. Forensic, I'm looking up current current median pay still too low $57,000 a year in 2017 okay well, if you have a, a bachelor's degree this is a forensic science technician which is oh. they are they aid criminal investigation so that's like a step above the cleanup job so i bet the cleaner still are in the yeah, yeah. 30s low 40s um Ugh. Yeah, anyway, so teachers are definitely civil servant. You know, anybody whose job is to serve the public, mm-hmm. that's a hard job. Yeah, totally. Now, do I, now if we're talking about politicians, I have a different um, viewpoint on that. Well, I think if they're honest, good politicians, I'm okay with them pulling a decent salary. Yeah. But it seems like a lot of them are just slimy. Yeah. And making a boatload of money. Yep. Like a local uh, alderman who shall remain unnamed who has a bus (laughs) for what? Why does he have a bus? Mm. What do you need a bus for if you're an alderman? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Absolutely 
nothing. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's just... Oh, here we go. Yep, I was right. Hazardous materials removal workers, which is the same idea. Um, 41,000. Yeah, not... I mean, it doesn't... That wasn't even a bit... That's not even a big increase from 2010. Like, it should be... Uh, that didn't keep up with cost of living. Yeah, no. Now, you don't have to have a degree. Uh-huh. It's like a certificate or something. And it okay. not, not like an associate certificate, like a hand, you have to take some OSHA classes kind of certificate. Right, right. So your cost of entry into the workforce is fairly pretty, low. Pretty low. But still, this, I watched this video of this guy and he was displaying the different tools that he used for cleanup and he talked about how brain matter essentially turns into concrete after a couple days oh my god and so he'll have to use a scraper like uh-huh. a paint scraper uh-huh. to chip the brain chunks off of the tile or the wood or oh whatever to do full br- i'm like no he needs to make more than that <laughs> And that's okay. So your husband posted a picture on our creepy club book club Facebook that was like it was a headline that was like a bathtub full of brains was found. And I it's funny because I was just like scrolling through Facebook and that pops up on my feed and I was like, oh my god. I totally made him put, he showed it to me. I was like, oh my God, go post that immediately. And then the next time I was scrolling through, Facebook censored the picture. Like it blurred it out and it was like, click if you want to see it. And I was like, but I already saw it. You already showed it. It's too late. (laughs) But anyway, so I was like wondering like, how how are those brains preserved? But I guess they just turned to concrete in, in the bathtub. I think there was some kind of liquid in there. No. Yeah, there was, but some of them were kind of, like, just out. Exposed. Yeah. Yeah, the parts that were exposed would have essentially dehydrated, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, we learned recently that our brains are full of blood was just, is, like, oh, yeah. a super weird concept. In my mind's eye, my brain is much like silly putty, and there's definitely <laughs> no blood in it. I feel like they're more, like kind of dense sponges yeah some something like that but more um like a like the ones like a stress ball the ones that you clean your car with not the like kitchen sponges like those big hourglass shaped Mm -hmm. dense sponges i think more stress ball density yeah like like you could maybe almost bounce one (laughs) (laughs) spike one into the floor right not yeah. not quite a volleyball, not quite a tennis ball. You know, not mm-hmm. like that. Like it's probably mm-hmm. only going to bounce maybe like a, a couple like a inches. Flat basketball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a deflated <laughs> basketball. But I think of them as being this very dense sort of yeah, kind of stress ball density foam ish mm-hmm. thing. But if so you, there's so no if, room for blood you, in there. So if you leave it on on the dinner plate in the sink, it's gonna. It's, you, and you don't soak it. It's going to stick to the... You're going to hate yourself. <laughs> it's like when you make something oh, in a God. skillet uh-huh. yeah. that's got, like, cheese in it or something. Yeah, and cook it a little too And you're long too and... damn lazy to do anything about it that day. So the next day you're like, oh, God, mm-hmm. why didn't I just put some water on that? Mm-hmm. 
because now it's a project. Yeah. 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 Same thing with crime scene cleanup. Because, so, then this other guy, the first video I watched, the guy was, he was a little, he was, he was maybe a little too casual about his job. <laughs> not right. in a, not in a creepy, like, I'm really glad people are dead sort of way, but also sort of, like, I Irreverent. mean, I, yeah, like, I mean, I'm never going to run out of work and, like, here's my scraper oh my for, the, for the brains. Oh I mean, it's kind of a bummer and stuff, but, you know. Here's my brain scraper. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> I don't know. It was not, he didn't seem to have the appropriate amount of reverence for yeah. the task. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. was like, I mean, I think it'd be super gross to be, like, a garbage man. <laughs> and I'm like, what? How? Uh... Okay. I'm sorry. I don't really. He's just really dead body positive. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, the world needs him. Yeah. So I feel like. I mean, I do feel like a garbage man would be worse because you're you're dealing with garbage. You don't know what's going in there, and also you might be dealing with dead bodies too. Who well, knows? that's true. Every time <laughs> I took out my trash when I lived on Thalosan because I had the big dumpsters, mm-hmm. I would always say like silently to myself please, please don't let not there, today <laughs> don't let there be a dead body in there yeah that yeah. was i think too many too many csi episodes or something oh, totally yeah like every dumpster has a dead sex worker in it yeah oh yeah no. well that's i mean that's csi i need to stop watching that shit unit. when i go to sleep yeah he's my husband's like he has some really interesting taste in bedtime TV. Yeah. Because it's usually things like forensic files. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I love bedtime murder. Yeah. It lulls me to sleep. <laughs> which sounds... Which makes me... I think there's a lot of people out there who can totally relate to that. I think the thing that is confusing to him is my hatred for horror films. Yeah. And that I find them terrifying. Yeah. He's like, so if it really happened, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if it's never going to happen and definitely not real, that's bad. <laughs> and I always say, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. I totally I'm relate like, to it, but I don't know I don't how to make the it. rules. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I don't make the rules, man. I just follow them. Yeah, like I read so many <laughs> ghost stories and and such. I consume a lot of that. But I'll be damned if I ever watch a ghosty movie. No, thank you. Yeah, pass. No. I think some of it's the music. Yeah, I don't like I mean, the surprise. I, I don't think, like the sneak up. Yeah, I think that like the movies, the horror movies, are, like, specifically designed to scare the shit out of you, right? That's, like, the yeah, purpose of it. Yeah, I don't like that. It. And, it, and the music and the and the visuals and stuff, that's all, like, designed to make you scared. But when you're watching, like, a documentary-style show, like Forensic Files or whatever, that's not necessarily, like, to scare you. It's more just to inform you of what happened. Yeah, they aren't, they don't present the, it's not like a cautionary tale. Yeah. It's a, just the facts, ma'am. Right. Here's this thing. This is what happened. These are the players. These are the circumstances. This is what the scientists did. 
And I think it's, this is what the scientist did is what always hooks me. Yeah. Or this is what the detective did. So I'm like, oh, I would have never thought to do that. You know, that's the part that's interesting to me. It's not that I get off on the person being dead. That's hardly the case. Right. But I think the investigation, the psychology, and the science is super interesting where horror, while some people enjoy that adrenaline rush, I am a hard, I'm a hard pass on that. I don't like roller coasters either. I don't either. Yeah. So it's just, it's all too much too fast. Yeah. Roller coasters make me want to punch people. Yeah. I'm like, I'm scared. And my head got banged around too much. And that was horrible. And, and like, why did we do that? This is also, it's also kind of a risk to go on a roller coaster because they could, I know it's really unlikely, but they could just malfunction. And why would you, but why would you ever take that risk? Why? Um, My issue is that, so say for instance, at Six Flags here in St. Louis, People have actually fallen out yeah. of the roller coaster. Yeah. And the people that operate the rides aren't even old <laughs> enough to buy alcohol yet. You're I don't. so correct. That is I madness. am not putting my life in no, their hands. Thank you. Oh, do you remember when Mr. Freeze first opened? It was like people were going unconscious because they were like, so it's like a roller coaster where you go. You know, I don't really know, but I it, at one point it goes straight vertical, and people were losing consciousness. I'm gonna have to look this up because I might be totally talking out of my. This ass, could but... be a creepy club club topic. Why roller coasters <laughs> are the worst thing in the whole world? And d- just recently in Kansas City, that kid that went on the water slide and got his head chopped off. Okay, no, no, thank you. I used to do the water slide all the time when I was a kid. The tubes, like the water tubes that go into the pool. Yeah, I mean, there's some that are pretty benign, right? They're just yeah, kind of like was... twisty and turny and they're exactly. kind of fun. But like there's some that are just not, it, it, it's it's ridiculous. I don't want to bungee jump. Why would you want to do that? I don't want to do any of those things where I might end up in multiple pieces. Yeah. And I sure don't want to be flung. I also am really disturbed by you must be at least this tall. Yeah. Because, okay, what if I'm too tall? <laughs> what if I'm too big? Yeah. Too thin? Like, there's some engineering that has been yeah. figured out. Yeah. I never thought about that. Right? Well, that's just so, another reason why I'm never going to get on the screaming What able. if you are not properly proportioned according to what they consider to be the median size weight and height yeah and that's the only time that it's truly safe Mm -hmm. i'm certainly an outlier yeah fuck that (laughs) i also think that so i've heard a lot of different podcasts do an episode about like disney world rides and people that have died in disney world and i oh i didn't know that i am endlessly fascinated by that because disney as a collective tries to like cover that stuff up i mean oh yeah like the kid that ate yeah the kid that got eaten by a crocodile yeah yeah yeah. well that's because florida's completely full of crocodiles yeah yeah but they're like literally in rain puddles maybe maybe we'll do a 
double header episode of like Disney World and roller coaster deaths. And I have friends. I have a friend that goes to Disney every single year, mm-hmm. and she loves it. Mm-hmm. She loses her ever loving mind. Mean, yeah, there's and a lot to like about it. I guess it sounds like a nightmare <laughs> to me. Well, it's, it's not like it's the, not like people are dying every day, but just like no, the whole thing sounds horrible. There's too many people. Oh, okay. okay. They're standing around the idea of the yeah. whole experience okay. sounds atrocious. You stand around with a bunch of people you don't know for a really long time to ride on a thing that's not going to live up to your expectations. You're probably going to be nauseous when you're done, and everything's going to cost too much. That doesn't sound magical to me. That sounds like a really long day at the mall. Yeah. I haven't been for a really long time, but I do remember it being pretty magical when I did go. I went when I was a kid, and I remember moderate enjoyment. (laughs) I have been to Six Flags as an adult, and I would rather have (laughs) bamboo shoved under my fingernails. Oh, my God. I wouldn't say that, but yeah, I don't like Six Flags. My only enjoyment of Six Flags was when I was in high school and we were doing a fundraiser for our theater group and we got to be characters in the haunted houses at Halloween. Okay, that, that would be fun. was so much fun. I was like a little, they painted me up like a doll, like a creepy doll. And at that time I had really long dark hair and so I would I would sit in I, the room that they put me in was like this L-shaped room had a whole bunch of creepy toys and like Chucky and that kind of thing. And so I would sit in the corner of the L and put my hair over my face so I kind of just looked like part of the background. And then when we, they would walk by I would pop up and be like, "Hi! Do you want to play with me?" and they, and everyone would scream and run away. It was fun. I would have like thrown. Oh my god, I hate haunted houses. <laughs> I do too, oh. but I really enjoyed being part of it. And it being, would probably being be an super fun to be an actor in a haunted house. Yeah. But I have like nearly ripped clothing off of people who've been in haunted houses with yeah. me because people who think that they're fun also enjoy scaring the shit out of the people who are not going to oh enjoy it. Oh my god, I <laughs> I have this. Ex who he loved all that horror stuff. He had all the uh-huh. like figurines or whatever. Um, he made me go to the darkness, which is like one of the top ten haunted houses in the country. That sounds like a no for me. I, I mean, I'm glad I went because the production value was extremely good. I mean, it was like kind of a marvel to like look at. Um, but I hated every minute of it. <laughs> um, on the other hand, but. And then he also really liked to, like, I remember one time I was sitting in his basement and he was like, hey, I'll be right back. And he went around the house and put on a scary werewolf mask and then just, like, stood in the window and waited for me to notice him. And it scared the shit out of me. I would have set him on fire. He is an ex. Like, that. <laughs> there's a reason for that. That is not okay. Yeah. Yeah, the last time I went to a haunted house, I went with this, oh my god, this was like over 20 years ago. Um, It was my kid's dad and one of his good friends, and his good friend was in front of me and he had on a trench coat. And my ex was like 10 paces ahead of me, 
telling the actors to like oh my God. really go over the top mm-hmm. like we have a big chicken back there no do your best i think i practically ripped that dude's jacket in half Ugh. you know what creeps me out more is those hell houses i think they're called do you remember oh, those the things? christian ones yeah Ooh, yeah, that's creepy. That's we had a haunted creepy. house. My church youth group had one, but there was no religious theme. It was mm-hmm. just like we have grapes in a bucket of water. Oh, and right. And you stick your yeah. hand in there so it feels it's like eyeballs. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but there was no like, and if you don't give your life to Jesus, you're going to hell. Or like extreme like abortion scenes and stuff yeah no it was just to entertain the kids i mean it was episcopalian which is just like i don't know episcopalians are like i don't know we like to drink and hang out yeah yeah they're and the episcopalian church i went to was super liberal so they were like whatever Mm -hmm. we don't care let's just have a good time let's just keep the kids off the street yeah they were fine with it anyway wow we went way off track yeah so where were we oh so many things we were talking about how ridiculous it is that they don't get paid more. Oh my so, gosh, yeah, we we went really far. Yeah, we went super far. So, and the things that they need, so let's talk supplies for a minute. Mm-hmm. So they need personal protective equipment. So it's things like gloves, biohazard sure. suits, and respiratory masks, shoe coverings. Good, good. And with the exception of the like a respiratory mask, all that stuff's disposable. And a biohazard suit that's going to get thrown away is like $85. Holy shit. Right? Mm -hmm. So super expensive. And then they have to pay for all the biohazard disposal containers. So if you have like a mattress, I guess they cut them up or bag them up or something. Because it's going to have to, it's going to go with the limbs and get incinerated somewhere. Yeah. Right? And then they have... A whole array of cleaning agents and solvents that they use, depending on the kind of waste that's present. Oh, uh, yeah. Or how long it's been there. Yeah. What kind of surface it's on. Just like you have different cleaning products for different parts of your house. Yeah. Theirs are even more specific than that. And they're the kind that have, like, material safety data sheets attached to them. Right. Not, it's not pledge. Or Windex, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's nothing you're you're going to want to use in your house. So other things that they need, they need like plastic sheeting. And then there's this biotape stuff. And when they put on the hazmat suit, they have to seal it up. Right. Okay. So they, that's so, what they use the biotape for? Right. They also have portable, some kind of special fluorescent testant, fluorescence testing unit. Right. Oh, great. I have the hiccups. <laughs> I had the hiccups last time. Did it? Yeah. I'm very hiccupy. Haven't you ever seen those, like, 2020 episodes where they go check out the hotel room to see how oh, yeah, gross yeah, yeah. they really are? Oh, yeah. So they have those kind of lamps because they want to make sure, even if it looks, you know, um, to the naked eye, clean, they, win- they need to make sure it's clean for real. Yeah. So... Even if it looks spick and span, then they're going to turn off the lights and make sure they really got everything. Plus, they also want to make sure, especially if it's a homicide or a suicide, not somebody who died to natural causes, that they don't find, like, bone fragments. Mm -hmm. The person who lives there is, like, 
going through the deceased personal effects and finds a chunk of skull. Yeah. Um, one of the people was talking about how the degree of difficulty varies tremendously depending on the kind of weapons that they use. So if somebody uses, say, like a shotgun to kill themselves, it's going to be a crazy cleanup because that could cause things to scatter all over an entire room. Right. Where if they use a handgun, there probably isn't an exit wound. So they're just going to kind of drop where they are. Mm -hmm. And it's a much like once the deceased is removed, it's really just cleaning up kind of where they were. Yeah. Um, but some of the really atrocious one. Okay, this totally blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Apparently, sometimes people are either murdered or commit suicide in their automobile. Mm-hmm. I never really thought about it, to be quite honest, except for maybe watching a Sopranos episode or something. Right? Yeah. Um, they can decontaminate the vehicle depending on how quickly the oh, person no. was yeah. recovered. And then and resell those, the vehicle. The vehicles can be like auctioned, so it's oh, possible if you ghost buy, car, if you buy a car secondhand, that it could have at one time been part of a crime scene. Oh, good, 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 good. Thank you. So our <laughs> nightmare of having a ghost car could be a reality. Yep. Nightmare. Yeah. Uh Yeah, and I thought. I mean. I think I've only bought a couple. I've never bought a new, new car. Every car I've bought has always been at least a year or two old because the they depreciate so much in that first right. year or two. Yeah. It's usually your best bet to buy at the beginning of the year, like the lap prior yeah. to your model. Yeah. You know, something with really low miles, um, but that the price has dropped significantly. So that stain that I'm assuming is like somebody <laughs> spilled soda could it actually be why don't you bring that UV light out there blood from a murder and they much like if your house is possessed you're not required to disclose once it's been decontaminated oh my god yeah they would never sell the cars if they had to do that I just recently purchased a car second hand yeah you did I did not ask her if anyone died in that car. Yeah. Fortunately for me, it's my friend's mom. And I feel like she would have told me. Yeah, probably. But I'm going to ask just in case. <laughs> yeah, okay. Report back. Well, and she does some kind of job where she travels to go do, I want to say, like, some sort of biomedical testing. Mm-hmm. So there could have been potentially <laughs> random parts in that car at some time, and I just didn't know it. Mm. I need to dig in a little bit deeper into what exactly that job was. I know that she traveled to do it. So cars can be decontaminated and sold. That just, like, totally blows my mind. If something happens outside, they use this gadget that's like a pressure washer but it vacuums at the same time. So it's like if you took a pressure washer and a shop vac yeah. and they had a baby, uh-huh. which is good. Because yeah. if it was just a pressure washer... Where would that shit go? It would just be like <laughs> blowing into the wind. But I watched a video where um, 
this woman was responding to a crime scene and oh god it was a pedestrian who had been hit by a motorist mm-hmm. and the motorist thought that they were pressing the brake but pressed the gas instead mm-hmm. and the person was killed because they got smushed into a disabled parking sign or something oh my god yeah so it's bad mm-hmm. like human to metal they were in a metal sandwich mm-hmm. it wasn't great no it was a pretty nasty crime scene cleanup and um but watching her clean the sidewalk mm-hmm. was really satisfying like right i thought i love watching pressure washer videos yeah have you yeah you must have been on the Reddit channel before. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely that Reddit channel <laughs> where I Oddly have... satisfying or something like that? Yeah, it's something like that where people are pressure wash their deck or pressure mm-hmm. wash oh, their... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that really is fascinating. Why is that so satisfying? Anyway. <laughs> okay, so backing way up, something terrible happens in your house. The coroner may or may not take the body, depending on the circumstances. Mm-hmm. You may be in the position of trying to, of being in the house with a dead person that you love, mm-hmm. and you have to figure out who's going to come and get them. Yeah. That's just wrong. I wouldn't even know how to look that up. Well, you just call a funeral home, and they send a hearse to come pick up the body, but I don't know what you do if you don't have any money. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure they're going to want a credit card. Yeah. Yeah, what if you don't have a credit card? Yeah, it, it's, it's so fucked I guess up. This like, will be all a... the logistics that you have to deal with after somebody that you love passes away. Yeah, it is. If you want to do your family a solid, get all that shit worked out sooner than later, especially if you're not well. Yeah. Because it's a lot to deal with, I think. Yeah. Um, and then there's the whole, I mean, we read Smoke Gets in Your Eyes, right? Yeah. Caitlin Doty. Doty. Caitlin Doty book. The funeral industry, not cheap. Mm -hmm. So there's, and there are definitely people in that industry who really exploit people who are grieving. Yeah. But so I don't understand why that's not just part of our our social services set up because they designed it so that people could exploit people and make money off of it. Yeah. I know capitalism is like the bottom line. Yeah. It's just, I think I won't, I'm going to have to look and see like Sweden seems to have the shit figured out. I want to know what Sweden does. Yeah. Yeah. Like they teach sex ed early and they, everybody's happy there and they have Ikea, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but so there's not necessarily going to be someone to usher you through that process. Yeah. You might have to go Google suicide cleanup. Yeah. That might be a thing you have to do. Mm -hmm. Or who's going to take dead grandma. Yeah. And you might get some hints from whatever agency responds, depending on how generous they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Or you might have to try and figure that out yourself. Yeah, it's fucked up. And then when someone comes and takes the deceased person, they don't clean anything up. They just take the person. Then you're left with whatever you're left with. Yeah. And it is not cheap. 
base price for like easy clean, couple grand. Yeah. Wow. So you have the cost of funeral expenses plus cleanup. Yeah. And it could just be somebody who's died from natural causes. It doesn't even, it, that maybe it was just a few days before somebody yeah. found them. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a huge trauma, but it could cause this tremendous amount of biohazard waste. Mm-hmm. So, and we know now that those all get either incinerated or what was it, the like steamed, like the, um, what is that, the something autoclave? Autoclave. It basically oh, yeah, gets yeah, like yeah. pressure steamed and then chewed up. Yeah. I'm sure it's the same for this kind of waste. Yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah. Um, so let's see what else. Oh, it's called remediation. What is? The decontamination process. Oh, okay. So containment and engineering controls is in parentheses. After that, I'm looking at the <laughs> curriculum. It's like a lot of jargon. <laughs> right. So they have to seal off the area. Mm-hmm. So first they have to contain the space so that any bloodborne pathogens or any biological waste doesn't get tracked into another room. Like if somebody dies in a hallway, you don't want people just like strolling through there, tracking it into the rest of the house. So you have to just like on CSI, like yeah, they're going to contain the space. Mm-hmm. Um, so the curriculum is etiquette. Proper mm-hmm. etiquette. Mm-hmm. I guess it's good manners. This is a good time for good manners. <laughs> Remediation. I would hope so. Yeah, well, especially if the family's there. Right. Yeah. I that, think you need, like, social work skills. I really feel like they should get a couple psych social work classes in here. Yeah, totally. But they don't get paid that much, so you can you're you can only ask so much. Yeah. Uh, the containment and engineering controls, then... Biological safety, uh, personal protective equipment, and cross-contamination and disinfection. That's one class. Bloodborne pathogens, construction practices. So they also have to understand how how, a house is built or something. Right. How things are constructed so they can take it apart Mm -hmm. without causing an electrical fire. Right. Or like... I'm just going to saw into this wall right here where this blood splatter is. That's no problem. It's not a, yeah. It's just right below the fuse box for the entire house. Yeah. And they would have to know if like something is like a support wall, like weight, weight bearing wall or something before they. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm going to cut a hole in this wall, is it going to disrupt the structural integrity of the wall? Yeah. Yeah. And then medical waste disposal. So then they also need to know once they've isolated the scene and then done the removal, which could be like if there's carpet, it could be the carpet, the carpet pad, all the way down to the floor. Mm -hmm. And then they have to use the various solvents and chemicals to clean that. But then the carpet has to be disposed of as medical waste, which most of the time I think it's putting it in the red bag and then you take it to a processing facility. Yeah. But I'm sure there's some things like the mattresses that are larger. Yeah. That are going to have, I mean, you can buy a plastic mattress cover bag when you move. I guess there's probably an equivalent, (laughs) but bright red, maybe. Yeah. You only have to get a 75 out of 100 to pass. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, C's get to to certificates. Um, There is a pretty cool documentary that's not very long on YouTube called, um, I think it's called Forensic Cleaner. It's about 
the life and work of Lee, hmm, <laughs> Lordanid, Lordanidus, Lordanidus, Lee Dordanidus, and the film was featured in the Hanover Film Festival in Germany in 2010. That's that's what made me late. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty nice. I don't know if it's the whole documentary or not, but they talked to this woman where that is her primary profession. I was surprised at how many women are in that job, but then I thought one of the women was talking and she was previously an undercover detective mm -hmm. and saw that there was really a need for crime scene cleaners, that there just weren't enough mm -hmm. in the area. So lots of families stuck with, what the fuck do we do with all this stuff? Yeah. And she said that she is very you know, very aware and very careful about her communications with the family and then their behavior at the scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can't be, like, cutting up and laughing. Yeah. Cracking your mama jokes while you're cleaning up a crime scene. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty som sober task. Yeah. Sober, somber task. That made me think of, like, well, do they have to... Maybe if the family is acting weird... Like, if it's a crime scene... Uh, yeah, they could be straight up hysterical. Yeah. But also, if somebody is involved, like, say it's a homicide and... Like, yeah, you don't know. Yeah. Do you, oh, God, that would be so to, creepy. The, they might have to, like, report to the police or something. Or well, I'm sure that there's many times they whatever. find evidence. Yeah. You know, maybe something detectives... I mean, they're not going to go if they're... If it's suspicious and they think it's a murder, they're not going to be there until the detectives have done what they're going to do. Right. But it's kind of like when you go, have you ever had to have stitches? No. Okay. So um, 11 days before my wedding, I got stitches. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. I just want to make a nice craft. Yeah. I was trying to clean this glass globe thing I had. Uh-huh. And I... Oh, yeah. Was yeah, I put my hand through it. Yeah, yeah. I do remember that. So I sat in the emergency room with the towel around my hand at my hand in the air like I was trying to ask a question for like 45 <laughs> minutes until the doctor saw me. So 11 days before my wedding, I had stitches that had to stay in for 10 days. Mm -hmm. I think there was eight of them. And I have a J-shaped scar on my hand. Mm -hmm. It's pretty impressive. Isn't that you got blood on your garage floor? Yeah, and I left it there for the yeah. first Creepy Club book club. <laughs> I was like, this is real blood. Because uh -huh. it, it was six weeks later. I was like, first of all, I know I don't have any diseases. Yeah. And also, it's been six weeks. I think it's safe now. Yeah. I mean, maybe not actually, but whatever yeah anyway i'm sure you walked through way more gross stuff than my hand blood yeah in the last six weeks but yeah i did actually leave it there on purpose because <laughs> remember i um i decorated the garage like dexter's kill room oh yeah because i'm extra not, not right <laughs> anyway so when i went and got the stitches I was in the hospital bed. My husband was sitting kind of at the foot of the bed. And when he was sewing up my hand, I had a pretty good flap. It sort of reminded me of like when you look at a fish from the side and they open their gill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a pretty deep cut. So gross. Yeah, it was pretty gross. I did take a picture and send it to a friend of mine. Um, 
who just started medical school, and I was like, look what I did! <laughs> and then he got prog- progress photos. Didn't you send it to your daughter, too? Because Yeah, because she, she didn't w- display she appropriate come. empathy. Yeah. <laughs> I told her I was on the way to the hospital to get stitches, and she was like, cool. Oh, bummer, or something <laughs> like that. So I sent her a picture, and she was like, what the hell? Why'd you send me that? And I was like, because that wasn't the appropriate response. Mm-hmm. Appropriate response was, I'm sorry, Mom, I hope you're okay. Do you need anything? Yeah. And she was like, oh, my God, stop. <laughs> and so she never did say the right thing. So then I sent her a picture right after I got my stitches. Mm-hmm. That'll learn her. Yeah. Yeah. She's matured since then. Mm-hmm. It's been two whole years. <laughs> She's much more grown up now. Yeah. Anyway, so I turned my head because I was thinking... I kind of want to watch. I kind of don't want to watch. So I opted to turn my head away. And when he was done, I look back and it was just a fucking disaster. What? There was like the big blue napkin over the circle surgical tray and like all the instruments were all like nasty and bloody and he had peeled off his gloves and just like tossed them on there. It looked like a filthy cafeteria tray. Ew. Right? And he was like, okay, it was nice to meet you. Congratulations on the wedding. Bye. <laughs> he didn't clean up shit. Oh, my God. And I thought, wait a minute. Who has to clean all that up? He, he can clean up after himself. Who else do you think he is? No, the nurses clean up after them. That is some bullshit. Yeah. So my friend who's about, you know, working on being a doctor, I was like, look, I'm going to tell you what happened. Mm-hmm. Don't do that shit. Clean yeah. up after yourself. Yeah. That's garbage. Yeah. Those nurses have a lot to do. Mm-hmm. And cleaning up after you isn't one of them. <laughs> and furthermore, be nice to them. Yeah. If you're not nice to the nurses, you're never going to get to eat lunch and you're never going to get to poop because <laughs> they're going to make sure that your pager never stops going off. Yeah. I was like, so you bring, you bring those nurses some donuts, you be nice. Yeah. It's like being nice to the secretary at an office. Mm-hmm. Gotta know who to suck up to. Yeah. It's really, it's also survival. If you're not nice to those people, you're going to pay. Yeah. Because <laughs> they have the power to make your life miserable, even though you don't think so. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, and then I had my coworker remove my stitches for me. I was like, hey, Maurice. Gross. <laughs> I'm like, are you a squeamish person? Uh... And he said, not particularly. I said, okay, so I need you to do me a solid. Mm-hmm. If we go in your office and I bring tweezers and scissors. Oh, my God. And I hold the stitches. Can you cut? Oh, my God. And he said, okay. Oh, my God. And then we did. Oh, my God. So he cut. I held. That is wild. And then I was stitch free. Oh, my God. It was great. I can't stop saying I that. I didn't make him clean it up, though. I just remembered that I have had stitches, but they were in my mouth. So couldn't really see them yeah i couldn't see them i actually well i could see them if i lifted my lip and looked in the mirror but yeah they just they're the dissolvey kind so i didn't oh yeah get them out or anything i've had stitches before too but not that had to be taken out Mm -hmm. but maurice was he did he did me right hey penny penny's here he was really great comforting me i brought my embroidery scissors they seem like the right size for the task And I was just, like, really believing that somebody in my office was going to be willing to do it. Yeah. It seemed it seemed like there had to be somebody who was brave. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, so crazy. Um, some other things that, that oh, and cleanup isn't always covered by insurance. Mm-hmm. So sometimes if you have renters or a homeowner policy, they will cover the cost of the cleanup, which is probably through reimbursement. So that still doesn't help you. You have to, first of yeah. all, have enough money to have insurance. If you have a mortgage, you have insurance. Mm-hmm. But, well, you don't have to escrow your insurance, but it would, I would generally suggest it. So it's possible that you could have a home own a home and not be insured or underinsured or be a renter and have renter's insurance, but it doesn't cover something like that. Mm-hmm. So systematically, we still have nothing in place and the cost can be, it can start at like 2,500, but it could be as much as like 10,000. Yeah. Depending that's... on how extensive the damage is. <sighs> they use, um, the videos that I watched, they said one of the toughest things to deal with is the odor. Yeah. So they have something that called an air scrubber that has a HEPA filter and charcoal filters that oh. they run yeah. to just, like, clean the crap out of the air. I, I don't understand how charcoal... That's, like, magic. Oh, I know. Is it charcoal, like, charcoal in your barbecue, I guess? Yeah. I mean, it's just like, like without lighter probably fluid. like activated charcoal. Like, yeah. Yeah. Same kind of charcoal for a fish tank, just different size. Yeah. I just think that's interesting. How come car air fresheners aren't just made out of charcoal then? Then they don't have to smell like fake fruit. Well, I Like think... wannabe pineapple or wannabe oak or uh, pine tree. Well, my, my theory is, is that... You'd have to have the air actively being filtered through the charcoal. Like the charcoal alone isn't just gonna absorb the odor. Absorb the odor or mask it. Like those car air fresheners that are shaped like the tree are just putting out a different odor. It's not doing oh, anything. Oh, so the charcoal to, like, filter would have to like fit over an air vent or something. Probably, I guess. I don't know. We're just making stuff up. Yeah, maybe this is our new startup. Could be. Could be. <laughs> They also use something called shockwave disinfectant mm-hmm. um, that kills up to 140 different types of organism. Okay. Organisms. That's kind of cool. In an electrostatic sprayer. Whoa. I read the um, description. I don't really understand what it is. <laughs> okay. But it sounds like it's from space. It sounds pretty metal. It's pretty intense. Uh, let's see. So, some interesting facts. Where did it go? So, there's a Mental Floss article called 13 Secrets of Crime Scene Cleaners. hmm And, well, one of them was that they aren't limited to crime scenes. That they really, it's bio-recovery. So, um, oh, so things like a MRSA or a hepatitis outbreak. hmm Not getting paid enough. Yeah. MRSA? Yeah. MRSA? Yeah. That's like heavy-duty shit. No. I mean, not that hepatitis is great. Right. But you have a much better chance of not contracting hepatitis if you're not a needle user or having sex with someone who's infected. Right. Like, it's not going to just jump in you. Yeah. But MRSA... MRSA's like... MRSA's like staph or any other kind of bacteria. you get it from... Casual exposure. Yeah. You don't have... 
everyone I know who works in a hospital does not wear the shoes they wear to work in their home. Yeah. Because of MRSA. Mm-hmm. And, well, I mean, other gross stuff at the hospital. But they either leave them in the car or leave them outside. Yeah. And if you ask any nurse, they'll be like, hell no, I don't wear that shit in my house. Mm-hmm. Many of them are ex-military or law enforcement. Their training might involve pig blood. So when they're practicing, they use pig blood. Okay. Cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, another indicator that they use is similar to hydrogen peroxide, but it's a lot stronger. Uh Uh-huh. And when it comes into contact with body fluid, it'll foam up and turn bright white. Okay. Which is kind of cool. I kind of want some for when I go to a hotel. Yeah. No, you don't. I get hotels really freak me out. I kind (laughs) of want to bring my own, like, blankets and stuff. I have to really not purposely sort of, like shut out all the possibilities from my brain when I go to a hotel because it grosses me out so bad. Mm -hmm. HEPA filters, air scrubbers, ozone machines, and hydroxyl generators, which use concentrated UV light to target and destroy pollutants. So that's interesting. They use light to kill bacteria. That makes sense, though. Yeah, I've heard of that. Well, I know (laughs) that there are, there like... You're supposed to open up the curtains in your house. You know, if you're somebody that keeps curtains closed all the time, you're supposed to open the curtains and those sorts of things because light can kill some of the bacteria that's present in your home. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so people will tend to be on one end of the spectrum or another when they're working. They're either like... Blasting the radio as loud as they can to block it all out, Mm -hmm. like totally getting into flow or complete silence, Hmm. one or the other, which I kind of, I kind of get that. Yeah. Because I'm somebody who experiences flow, the state of flow pretty often, which is why I'm terrible at tracking time mentally. Yeah. Right. Because I get into flow. And for me, it's silence. Mm -hmm. I have to have quiet. Mm Mm-hmm. Today, I was was having a meeting with my boss, and we were doing prep for that database I was telling you about that you and Brandon were laughing at me and Emma about. (laughs) Yeah. And we were reading some practice questions and kind of talking about them. And the person in the office upstairs for me was talking louder than normal. And I put my hands over my ears like a little kid. Like, I literally couldn't read the question because I could hear her. Yeah. I have that, too. If I'm trying to read something, I need it to be quiet. I was like, I can't hear. I can't read. Yeah. Because So I had to go get my noise-canceling headphones mm-hmm. so I could read the question. Because I would get three words in and have to start over. Yeah. So I do. That, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I get that. I think if you are working on... Well, also, that is a task that requires a tremendous amount of attention to detail. Yeah. Because when they clean, it's not casual house cleaning. Yeah. One video I watched, they talked about how they had to basically move or remove every single object in the room because they don't want a family member to, like, find a tooth. Yeah. Or brain fragment or a piece, a bit of brain. And it can be really small pieces, especially if there was a gun involved. Yeah. You know, it could be this really minuscule thing. You don't want someone traumatized 
as they're going through their personal effects. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Totally. So this is like, I mean, I get why it's expensive. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be expensive because it is a really intense job and yeah. the cost of the supplies. Yeah. It's just overwhelming for the person who's experiencing think, trauma. And then on top of that, oh, hey, by the way. Right. And I hope you have. I mean, if I was in this position and had to come up with that kind of money, I don't know what I'd do. Yeah, me too. I'd be like, uh, I guess I'm taking some shit to the dumpster in the middle of the night because <laughs> I don't, I don't know what else to do. Yeah, yeah. I maybe there's some nonprofits or something that help with things like that. I'll have to look into that. Sure. Um, the one thing that I did think that was interesting that I noticed in all of the, I watched probably like five or six videos that I'll link to in the notes is that all of the people with the exception of that one guy who's kind of douchey, I'm not linking to his video cause I didn't like him. <laughs> um, they were very empathetic and did have that kind of social worker vibe. Mm-hmm. They're like, I understand that this is not a job that everybody can do. Yeah. And they seem to feel like it was sort of a calling in a way. Like this isn't something that everybody can do, but I can. Yeah. So I'm going to do it. And it makes me feel good to know that I can erase some trauma for somebody. Mm -hmm. I can't make it go away, but I can remove a reminder of a horrific event. Right. Like, and do my very best to make it look like it never happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at least be reducing some of the sting. Yeah. This In this article, this guy says, when I have a family who's just lost a loved one, give me that hug because they could not have done this for themselves. There's no greater satisfaction in my life. And that yeah. that is pretty profound. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's in that's sort of up there with like hospice work. Yeah, totally. You know, that's I think that the people who are in it for the right kinds of reasons. I mean, I don't think that's a job you're doing just for money. That's not no, enough money. You can't. I mean, maybe you stumbled into it. I, if you don't have a high school more than a high school diploma, forty grand a year is a good living. Yeah. Um, but like we said, you know, you've got less than desirable working conditions. <laughs> yeah. It's a risk to your health and it's also mentally taxing. Yeah. So I do think you have to be called to that to some extent. Yeah. Or a master at just blocking shit out. Yeah, totally. Dead inside. Mm-hmm. Which was what I think the first video I watched, I think the guy was just kind of dead inside. Yeah. He was just so, like, blah, like, okay, well, I'm going to spray this chemical on this. That's, like, brain and blood. (laughs) And I try to clean my way into the room so I don't track anything out. He was just really matter-of-fact and not emotionally involved. And I thought, I don't think he has any feelings. Probably not. Not anymore. I think he's actually dead inside. Yeah. And he definitely seemed to be interested in it because it had the potential to be profitable. Um, which I don't, I don't think that's the right reason to do that job. I'm not saying you can't be committed to something and also entitled to make a decent living. Right. Because I think that those don't have to be, um... Mutually exclusive. 
No, I think that you can do really good service to the community and also earn a living wage. Yeah. I think that that's okay. That would be there's, nice. Yeah, there's a lot of people that have this idea that if you do civil service work or if you do things like social work, that you shouldn't be allowed to make a good living. And I'm like, why? Yeah. They work harder than most people mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Uh, or teachers. <laughs> oh my God, my whole two days of substitute teaching. And I thought, uh, whatever they want, give them whatever they want. The teachers? <laughs> yeah. I don't care if they put alcohol on that school supply list. You give it to them. Yeah. I have a friend who's been a middle school teacher for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how she does it. Yeah. I am sure I violated so many substitute teacher rules <laughs> in those two days. Yeah. There's no way. Kids are hard. Okay. So um, let's see. We talked about how to become a crime scene cleaner. Basically, you just need to get this biorecovery training from OSHA. And there's voluntary certification. It's not even required, which wow. bothers me a little for them. Yeah. More than the public. I think the OSHA training probably covers everything you know to keep the public safe. Having read, boy, OSHA documents, not exciting. <laughs> Having read some of those before. Yeah. Um, I, And I think that most people probably want to do that job. Like, unless you just don't have a conscience at all, you're going to want to do a decent job of cleaning it up. Yeah, right? I would hope so. I I would hope so, too. And there is a school for crime scene investigators here in Missouri. Huh. It's called the Death Investigation Academy. All right. <laughs> and they are a company that does seminars and courses on how to be a death investigator. Okay. All of their courses are online. Oh. Mm-hmm. And they have a certification exam, but I don't know how meaningful that is. Yeah. They do also have a podcast that I notice. What? Yeah. It's like an Ask the Coroner. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, coroner Talk is the name of it. But <laughs> it does sound like they're getting ready. I thought I read something where they were saying that they were going to be retiring the podcast soon. Aww. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Have them point them point them over here. <laughs> they have an episode, episode one ninety eight four C cleaner. Let me see. Let me click on this. That's about crime scene cleaners. Oh, neat. I think this is where it started. Mm-hmm. Many investigators are unaware of the extreme risks that are present when dealing with body, blood, and bodily fluids. There are many bloodborne pathogens infections that can be transmitted through contact, including, but not limited to, hep B, hep C, HIV. Many exposures are caused by lack of universal precautions. One out of every 24 people has hepatitis B, C, or HIV. Holy crap. That's huge. Yeah. Over 1.4 million people are chronically infected. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, that's great. So there is um, a podcast I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Mm-hmm. But I thought, hmm. Interesting. Interesting, yeah. Oh, the retiring of Corner Talk podcast episode 200. 
Oh, wow. So it, it, it does seem like it's going away. But they have up to episode 205, which is Native American burial rituals. So oh this seem, totally seems to like our jam, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't know about their academy, but I'm into the podcast for sure. Yeah. But this this is what it was. I think I had like a pop-up ad mm-hmm. or something. That's and I was like, Missouri death. What was it? Death? Something. Investigated. Death Investigation Academy. Yeah. And then when you go to the website, They've it has... got your number, those ad people. I'm telling you, it is creepy. <laughs> Algorithms are really something. So when you go to the Death Investigation Academy, you get a little pop-up, mm-hmm. pop-up chat window that says, Hi, we're here to answer any questions you may have. Mm-hmm. It's really surprisingly chipper. Yeah. For the Death Investigation Academy. But hey, I appreciate good customer service. I'm not mad about it. Where is it I'm just surprised. They are in Cuba, Missouri. Oh, definitely a drivable distance. Yeah. A little more than an hour. Mm -hmm. It's a P.O. box, so I don't know. But maybe we should reach out to this Death Investigation person. Yeah, maybe listen to a couple of their podcasts and see if they want to come come on ours. We we might need to check this out. Mm -hmm. Um. Like I said, I don't know anything about their school specifically, mm-hmm. but it looks like it says their programs are designed for law enforcement corners, medicological, medical legal death investigator, private legal investigators, EMS first responder, emergency room staff, physicians, and prosecuting attorneys. Oh, uh, this is probably legit. All of our Courses are Missouri post-accredited and may be approved by other organizations, such as blah, 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 blah. So, I think it's, it's re- the name threw me a little. Yeah. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the fact they have online classes. Yeah, well, and one of the pictures is like two people holding a dead person's hand, checking it out. <laughs> it's... The I was first like... first rule of investigating... Well, don't I just thought, <laughs> I don't, are they looking at a dead person's hand? I'm not sure. I, do I want to see this? Anyway, so that's that. They have an e-store if you want to pick up any books. Ooh, merch? They have merch. I don't, well, they they have equipment and tools, digital, they have imprinted and novelty items. Okay. So some promotion. Stress ball? Um, let's find out. <laughs> Shaped like a brain. I hope one can hope. <laughs> oh my! There's a black. <laughs> there's a black T-shirt mm-hmm. in the shop. Mm-hmm. This is not a great Photoshop job. You know how they do the T-shirt <laughs> with the imprint yeah. overlay. Yeah, and it says, "Death." Is just around the coroner. Oh my god! Yeah, that's not punny at all. <laughs> and keep calm and let the pro handle it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, well, you great. know, I mean, everything can't be. You can't. There's a bone pen that I would definitely use. Sweet. We're gonna link to this on our. Oh, for sure. Website. In. Oh my god. We can get Death Investigation Training Academy stickers and decals. I'm into that for sure. Nice. Yeah. And it's only a dollar. Oh, no problem. 
yeah, so it was fun. It was fun to learn about. There are, if you are interested in it, there are many, many YouTube videos. I will caution you that you should probably um, look for the more legit, less, the more, uh, the ones with higher production value versus the, I film this myself, yeah. because those tend to be first responders, and um, you want to make sure all your food's digested. <laughs> oh. Yeah, they're pretty, they're kind of yuck. Yeah. But it was interesting. It was, it was interesting, though. So you got you have to have a stomach for things that are pretty gruesome, but also be somebody who's really high in empathy to be good at that job. Yeah. Interesting cross-section there. Very interesting. And then the list of tools required was something like the green. It's not a Borello pad. It's like a scrubber. He was like, this is really good for brains. I was like, oh, God, no, stop. On that note, should we? Yeah, I suppose we should wrap it up. Thank you, Brandon Leachelcoat, for our wonderful intro and outro music. Thanks, Brandon. If you're a crime scene cleanup person or um, if you go to the um, death death investigation institute or whatever it was, Yeah, if you went there, definitely (laughs) tell us about it. You can tweet us at creepyclubpod or you can email us at creepyclubpodcast at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash creepyclubpodcast. You can like us on or follow us on Instagram. I always do that. You can follow us on Instagram at creepyclubpodcast. You can follow me at creepyclubrissa. You can follow Heidi at creepyclubheidi. Um, we will link to all these videos and the um, school merch page on our meeting minutes, which you can find at www.creepyclubpodcast.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Oh, and thanks to our sponsor, A Happy Little Craft Show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for contrast, mm-hmm. we like creepy and happy. Yeah. Happy Little Craft Show, March 9th, 10 to 5 at Webster University. Mm-hmm. And it's free to get in. It's a family-friendly event. Tons of vendors, all handmade and vintage. Really, really cool stuff on make and takes. You might see food a couple. Trucks. You might see a couple creepy club hosts there, maybe. Or, um, definitely some fans. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I mean. It is a happy little craft show, but that doesn't prevent a creepy person or two from making an appearance. <laughs> Great. You know? Come on, so, come on. But anyway, so thanks to um, a happy little craft show for your sponsorship. Yep. Don't forget to uh, bully your friends into leaving us a review as well. Even and if, even if they don't listen, as long as they rate us five stars. <laughs> if you are interested in being our wealthy benefactor our generous benefactor yeah you can contact us at all the things i previously listed yeah we accept that in all the ways of social media Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now i tried out a new catchphrase last time and i like it however emma pointed out pointed it out to me later that it was very close to another podcast that I listened to and I did not do that on purpose but you know my subconscious probably did it so I don't know if I should go with that one or not well I thought it was funny when I listened to it back you said it but then you said meeting adjourned anyway yeah because and then we all laughed at me and I just it just I think it's just 
that's just so, what it's supposed to be. It's just going to be it? Okay. Well. I don't, you know, it's okay. We didn't have any, um, we usually do something happy at the end. Yeah, I, yeah, we don't have to do the same thing every time. You're like, screw that. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. Spoiler, it's a third, it's a school night. <laughs> We're up past Rissa's bedtime. Yeah, I'm fading fast. So thanks everybody for listening and hope you join us next time. Meeting adjourned. Ha! <laughs> you said it this time. Yep. <laughs> Flip the script.